before and I'll say it again. Bring your best. Bring your absolute best. That's what I want. Because then I can say, I can truly say, I am the best out of us three. And that's just facts. Look at me. Absolute animal. Sweating like a lizard. I don't care. This series is mine. Is that your shirt? Has it been like that whole tournament? What? Huh? A couple of years ago, we can't even walk in a straight line with that distance in your shoulder. Where'd those chops come from? Bloody hell. Cheeky bastard. Who would have known all it took for Yoshihashi to put his finger out? It's a global pandemic. No word. Well, I mean, you might be double champion if we have a cataclysm. Uh, did you know? No, 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 no. How's this a pandemic? No, 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 absolutely not. Trust me, man. Trust me. No, 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 no. Calm down, Jay. He's 0 and 6. Why is he doing that? Yeah. Why is he doing that? I don't I know. I can still win this. We're I have no idea. Not the idea. G1, the J1. I can still win this. What's he doing? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Is this evil? Is this evil? Evil's player? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, 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 no. G1 is all mine. Everything is evil. It's Ahoy hoy everyone and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, a podcast open to everyone, especially Jeff Cobb. My name's Luke, I am your host of the Never Open Podcast and with me as always is my co-host Mr. Andy. Say hello Mr. Andy. So I'm I'm using uh, nonsense words too to say hello today. <laughs> Wait, do I talk nonsense? What is ahoy hoy? What the hell is that? That's what Mr. Burns says on the phone. Oh. When he picks when he picks up the phone, Mr. Burns is like, ahoy hoy. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm, fu- I'm full of useless Simpsons quotes, man. Well, <laughs> you know, my problem is, is that unlike every other person my age, I don't know every single line of the Simpsons ever. And that tends to be like wrestling podcasters know that a lot too. So I am out of my element. I don't know what I'm doing. That's all right. People listening will either be, Mr. Andy's right, what the fuck is he saying? Or they'll be like, no, 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 I know that one. But <laughs> nevertheless, today we are covering four more nights of the G1 yeah. Climax 30. Oh, sorry, I mean the, the G1 Silmax 30. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that one in there, Mr. Andy. But yes, we're covering... Ooh, the last four nights. So the Saturday night show, the Sunday night show, and the Tuesday and Wednesday night shows. The Wednesday night show has only just happened. And there is no news. As far as I'm aware, Mr. Andy, I uh, don't think we, unless you do, I don't think we have any uh, Kojimas as well. Yeah, well, no, we don't. We do have one big news piece, and that's that it's not real. That's, that's the big news piece. <laughs> Not real. <laughs> Man, four pretty big nights. Oh, uh, now, since we started doing the show, everyone, uh, both Mr. Andy and I have been there for them. Uh, you know, uh, 
either live tweeting under the Never Open podcast or under our own names. And you can always follow us on the Tweeties. So uh, we're at Never Open Pod. I'm at Grumpy2EB and Mr. Andy is at Drusifer Tweets. And you can always email us if you wish at neveropenpod at gmail.com. But as I was saying, uh, I didn't get I didn't watch the Saturday night show live. And uh, and that's because restaurants in my uh, rural area of Victoria have, have opened up recently. And uh, we had a family dinner on Saturday night, and uh, it was nice. What did you have? What did, let's let's hear. What was the meal? Because I, I dream of eating in a restaurant, but I'm not. It's not safe to do that around where I'm at. Even though it's not, you know, it's fine. You're allowed to do it. I'm not going to be that guy. But right. uh, but yeah, what did you have for dinner? Um, so we can all be jealous. All right. I don't know if they're a big thing in the states or not, but you'll probably be like, yeah, of course they are. But they're, they're huge here in Australia, and that's what I always get because I'm a chicken man. Uh, I've got the chicken parmigiana, sure. which is uh, usually uh, a pretty standard meal at uh, kind of pubs and things like that in, uh, well, I guess Victoria. I'm not sure about the rest of Australia. I can't remember. But yeah, that was mine with uh, some chips and some salad, uh, token salad, really. You just want the chips and the fucking chicken and the sauce and shit. <laughs> but <laughs> so yes, it did. Uh, it did pain me. Not to watch this live with everyone. What happened was uh, I got home and I'm I'm messaging Andy straight away going, Oi, dude, what match are you on? <laughs> what match are you on? Is it near the main event yet? Hurry up. <laughs> Can they hurry up and finish? Because uh, as soon as the show finished, I started watching it. And it, it was weird for me not to have all the interactions I do with the lovely people on the Tweety and, of course, with you, Mr. Andy. But it was, yeah, so it was kind of quiet. Uh, Charity went to bed. I think Ashley the cat uh, also went to bed. So it was just me and New Japan. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Mr. Andy, are you ready for J-Block? You better uh, fucking believe it. I'm so ready. I mean, the last show that we watched was like 10 minutes ago. So, yeah, I'm motherfucking ready. You kidding me? Come mm -hmm. on. Yeah, but it'll probably take us another hour and a half to get to that show. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it depends on how quick or how slow we are. It depends on how much of a bloody chatty Cathy I am, Mr. Andy. But, all right, so we're in Osaka for night seven of the J-Block, and we start off, of course, with the Yellow Lion match, which is Yoda Suji and Yuya Uramura. I noticed the balding ref has got a haircut. I don't know if you noticed or cared, but I did. Oh, I noticed. I'm not sure if I cared, but I did notice. I cared well, enough to make a note of it. <laughs> as a member of the Baldube tribe, you know, I got my eye on what, you know, possible future bald dudes are doing. So, yeah, of course I noticed, you know. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't like to talk about it too much because, you know, there's something... I don't know. We don't want to be baldest, like I said. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I got my own future bald man. I wish that he was a better ref because if he doesn't get any better, I don't know that he's going to be a great addition to the tribe when he finally joins. Well, he's refing young Lions matches, so surely he's in the, uh, he's a young Lion ref. I don't know how that works. But uh, we do start off with uh, Yoda Suji and Yuya Ramora. It's a, it's a great match with some pretty cool transitions. Uh, Yuya works. Suji's 
arm. So when Suji puts on the Boston Crab, he can't hold on to it with both arms. And uh, I thought that was a really nice little touch there. Yuya does like some German uppercuts to Suji's arm as well, then double arm suplex with a bridge. And Yuya Uramura wins. Now, there is an unofficial C block, everyone. And I have written down the points for the final night that we'll be covering. So uh, if anyone's curious about the unofficial C block, I'll uh, quickly run over it there. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, this was a tremendous pro wrestling match because it was all leading to one thing. You know, the, there's this term that gets thrown around in, uh, you know, by fans and wrestlers and everything that's called high spot. You know, and, and a high spot in a match is basically a point where the, you know, the, the matches hit its peak. And so, you know, a high spot can be anything. Um, in a Yano match, a high spot might be pulling tape out of his pants. You know, I mean, it happens. And in this match, the high spot with, was this massive arm drag that uh, Yuyamura hit on uh, Suji. And, you know, because he'd been working over the arm the whole match and he had been trying his best yeah. to get these arm locks on. And then he used this this fucking gigantic, um, you know, uh, arm drag to get, you know, the final kind of nail in the coffin in. And it was really cool. I, I thought, you know, you, you may have seen that gif and been like, oh, that was a cool arm drag. But that was the fucking high spot of the match. That was the whole thing was leading there. They did a great job. That's like storytelling and wrestling. That's what that is. Good job, guys. Yep, and uh, the young lads have have it. Have it. They've, they've been mixing it up as the tournament goes on, and oh, I think you mentioned it to me uh, that, uh, man, these young lines, I bet you they're looking forward to having some rest time or something, <laughs> man. We're, we're looking forward you know. to having some rest time from them, too. So. Oh, yeah. No offense to them, but yeah, <laughs> exactly right. All right. Uh, we start off with a match I liked a lot. So we got Jeff Cobb versus Tomohiro Ishii. And I remember Mr. Andy us saying in a previous episode, geez, we like how uh, Jeff Cobb throws people around and stuff, but we need something a little extra for him. We need a little fucking attitude, man. And that's what I like about this match. It's an awesome start with some, yeah, actual attitude by Cobb. These fucking tough nuts, they smash each other, man. And uh, Cobb gets in some of these, like, suplexes. Then Ishii fucking needs chops and strikes. It's just, huh, I love it. And uh, when when uh, Ishii's chopping the shit out of Cobb, I just thought to myself, this is how Ishii tells the crowd to clap for him. He doesn't tell you to clap by, you know, clapping or having a young lion do it or anything like that. He, he encourages you to clap by chopping the shit out of someone. And I thought that was awesome because uh, that's when the claps kicked in. Ishii's, Ishii, Ishii's doing these chops and the crowd's just going clap, clap, clap. No, <laughs> that was nice. This match is kind of never as fuck. I love it. It's like headbutts galore. Fucking, this is everything I like in a, in a wrestling match. I've been up and down on, on Mr. Cobb. But, oh man, Ishii just has a way of bringing it out of people and uh, he brought it. Yeah, and I thought this was an awesome finish. Uh, Ishii's caught into a power bomb, then tour of the islands, and Cobb wins. Ishii's one of my boys, and I want to I want to see him win all the time. But I always feel like if someone beats him, they freaking earn it. And Jeff Cobb definitely earned this win. And we got Cobb on six, 
and Ishii on six. Both these men are eliminated from winning the G1, by the way. So this was just a matter of pride. But uh, even still, both lads brought it. I was under the impression that uh, Cobb was facing elimination here, um, is what I thought. You could be right. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it doesn't matter. Point is, is that... Uh, this match was awesome. You're right. And, you know, I have right here in my notes, it says, I'm finally seeing what I wanted to see from Jeff Cobb. And that's kind of yeah. this personality and something besides just I go in the ring and do moves. There's so many matches that people say, oh, that's so great. And I just see guys doing moves. That's all I see. I don't see any purpose behind them and stuff like that. But this was great. Whenever Ishii was striking, he was winning. Whenever Jeff Cobb was hitting power moves, he was winning. They had that like headbutt off where one of them, you know, Ishii hit a tremendous headbutt and then Cobb later in the match hits that insane headbutt, which was awesome. Ishii kept doing these like stumbling power ups where he was like shaken from a move, but he was trying to power up and he'd stumble around and be like, ah, you know, and uh, that shit was awesome. You know, it just goes to show Ishii is like the guy. He's the straight man for every other pro wrestler that wrestles him. I mean, he's the guy that you can bounce off of to make yourself look amazing. And that's what his whole fucking thing is, is he wants to make everybody look great. And that's what he did here. Jeff Cobb looked amazing. And I don't know that he looked that way against every other opponent. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And we have a nice little gem of a match in A Block because A Block has all been mostly it's it's all been normal wrestling matches and that that's not a bad thing that's fine but when you get to B Block you've got mostly normal wrestling matches then you've got your fucking your fun kind of Yano match and because there's not two Yanos you don't always get that in uh, there could in, never in the be other two block. Yanos never never there's only never. one. There's only one king of pro wrestling, that is correct. So we've got Jay White versus Yajiro Takahashi. And one thing to notice here uh, is <laughs> as Jay's entering the ring, <laughs> oh my God, he grabs Gabriel Kidd's hand and spits in it. <laughs> and Gabriel gross. Kidd looks at him as if to say, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and just look at his hand like, come on, dude. And Jay's dressed all casual. He's got his uh, his, his sneakers on, a pair of track pants, and just a casual like uh, singlet, or I guess you guys would call it a, a wife beater or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, all right. So the thing is here, the story here is Jay White has a possibility of winning the G1. Yujiro doesn't. He's eliminated. He's on a big fat zero. So. Jay expects Yujiro just to lay down for him. And one, two, he, he kicks out. One, two, he just kicks out. He's got like, he's, I think he's got too much pride, <laughs> you know, just to kind of lay down. And I'm really glad about that because as much as like it would make sense just to have him lie down and shit, if they did something like that, that fucking finger poke of doom bullshit, mm -hmm. uh, I would not have been a fan of it. I know it makes sense and all that, but that's just fucking bullshit crap. It sucked in the 90s, and it always sucks. You don't want to see no finger pokes of doom. Uh, that's an old reference, I guess. If uh, I hope most listeners know what, they know what I'm what talking about. They know what it is. Sure. Yeah. So uh, too much pride there. Get a quick little angle slam by Jiro. 
Then the, the low blow pimp slam gets like two, then a low blow on a blade, blade runner, and that's three with Jay White now on 10 points. And poor Yajiro still on zero. I will look, I say poor Yajiro because first half of this G1, I thought he's been a bit ass butter, but uh, he seems to be a bit of a late bloomer in the G1, Mr. Andy. Well, what I find interesting about this match is something that we've said many times on the show, and that is that uh, your alignment as a wrestler in New Japan is situational. And so, for example, Yujiro was like mega babyface in this match. The crowd yeah. loved when he kicked out of those initial pins, and then when he stood up and got in Jay's face, they were losing their shit. Meanwhile, they've been booing him every other night. You know what I mean? So it, it's... I find that that dynamic very interesting, and this was so much fun. It was just a fun match, and like you said, we aren't getting a lot of these kind of goofy type matches in in uh, J Block, um, but uh, we did get one here. I just thought it was really fun. Um, you know, Gato's involvement was fun as well. You know, and I don't know. It's just, like basically he ended up using a distraction to get Jay the win, which is kind of what he always does, but. <laughs> we, we heard, too, in, in our intro, you heard Jay and Gator's reaction to this, you know, and Jay was like, is this Evil's plan? Did he do this? You know, and Gator, of course, is like, I don't know. But after this match, um, we did hear from Yujiro, and he said, uh, he said that Jay is the, he said there's been a lot of leaders Bullet Club, there's a lot of people that want to be leaders, but Jay is at the top. That's what he said. So, that's good. Yep. I liked it. And it wasn't too long. Uh, you don't, you know, it, it, it didn't overstay its welcome. It was fine. I, I quite liked it. Now, next match, we've got Tai Chi versus Dillweed. Uh, I think I've decided just to run the gauntlet of um, all the various names Beavis and Buddy call each other when I talk about that, that guy. So I just want to mention straight off the bat, Tai Chi is fucking awesome in this match. I had loved him. I wanted him to win. The wrong guy won. Uh, tai Chi at six points. Uh, Dillweed at, unfortunately, double digits at ten. Yeah. I, I have, uh, in my notes, it says Tai Chi versus Fuckhead is what it says. So uh, pretty close. But, yeah, this match is all about, well, for me, it's all about Tai Chi being awesome. Um, and for example, yep. you know, he does the hidden blade, but he call it, but they call it the hidden bomber. Cause it's like a lariat, <laughs> which is fun, you know, but I mean, it's one of those matches that you're watching it and you're like, God, I just don't want, I want Tai Chi to win every match. And I want Tai Chi to especially win this one. And then when he doesn't, it's a huge bummer, but there is good stuff in here. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really good. It's just, you know, fuck it. So, mm. We can't deny like, it. It's a good match, but uh, yeah, we not the result that this, we want. This week, we were accused of having integrity because of our takes on fuckheads matches, which I was like, wow, I have never been accused of having integrity. And um, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, either. Uh, maybe accused of being too nice or too grumpy, but not that. <laughs> so I was quite chuffed when I saw that, too. Uh, so thanks, uh, how uh, Dave. I'm going to name check him. He was very nice. Thank you very much for oh, that. Wait, I appreciate it. Well, and we forgot to say it in the news, but we got a shout out on a smart wrestling fan this week. But you didn't for some reason. No, 
No, that's look. I'm happy that the the, the podcast did get name checked. Uh, Smart Wrestling Fan uh, is a podcast that uh, covers wrestling that we don't, which is uh, uh, well, I guess everything else. The Ameri- American stuff, I guess, right. like the the stuff that's more mainstream, stuff that gets more listeners than the than maybe <laughs> something a little more niche like ours, but. Uh, I was chuffed. Uh, that's how we met, by the way, uh, through that podcast. I think uh, I'd, I'd, I'd hear you, your emails get read out, then mine, then we just drifted off to Tweedy Land, you and me. So, <laughs> thanks, thank, thanks to thanks to them. Uh, yeah. Cheers. But, I don't uh, know why they yeah. hate you though. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I don't know why he disagreed with you about fucking Yano Zack Sabre Jr. But yeah, that's okay. That's not here nor there. <laughs> Because that match was fucking awesome. And speaking of awesome, Mr. Andy, we have our second never-as-fuck match for the night. I would put that stamp of approval on the Jeff Cobb Ishii match. And I'm going to put it on this match too because it's Kota Ibushi versus Minaro Suzuki. And, oh, fuck no. Uh, for a lot of the match, there isn't even any major moves. These guys are just circling each other like they're fucking MMA kickboxers or some shit. You know, just circling each other, strikes, all this kind of stuff. These two men beat the shit out of each other. They're even laughing as they hit each other. It's fucking insane. Uh, if you're going to fight someone like uh, Suzuki, it's only a matter of time before fucking crazy Ibushi comes out. And he's pretty much crazy the whole match. Yes. I liked how uh, Red Sho- uh, Suzuki stopped Red Shoes from counting out because... Uh, that's not satisfying for him. That's like a bullshit ending. He just wants to hurt people. Oh, my God. There's a standing Kamagoye, which looked awesome, followed by then the usual one, Abushi wins. And as Abushi is pinning Suzuki, Suzuki's just smiling. Yes. Big fucking <laughs> smile on this match. And I just wrote here, Okada-Suzuki match should have been this good. Ibushi 10. Suzuki 6. I fucking loved it. This is one of the best matches of the group that we're covering today. There's a there's this promotion um, that Suzuki was associated with back in the day called Pancrase. And Pancrase was like um, UWFI or it was like it was like a legitimate fight promotion that kind of worked their fights a little bit. And Suzuki, uh, you know, worked in that promotion. And if you, you can go back and watch those and this was a fucking Pancrase match. That's what it was. You know, it was a legit style, you know, like a shoot style um and I don't, you know, uh, a match, and and it was highly entertaining. the The ending might be the best ending of every any match that we've had in this whole t- tournament. I mean, it is just absolutely fantastic. I, I think I agree. I I mean, just the fact that you know why is why is Suzuki smiling at the end? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, he got the violence that he wants. Somebody finally. you know, stood up to him in a way that he respected and he loves that. And that's all he cares about. The other reason. It's funny. This is going to be, sorry, Mr. I just find that funny because the next match Suzuki has is just going to be like the opposite of this, but still really good. 
So uh, the other reason that he might be smiling is because now Ibushi has a chance to have a rematch versus Suzuki in the future for that Never title. So that's something else that could happen. You know, so there's uh, there's a lot going on with this match. And um, if there's anything that you watch from this week, it's that and then one other match I'm going to recommend that you absolutely have to watch. But this one is just fantastic. It's I mean, it doesn't really get much better than this in this particular style. It's got to be one of the highlights of the G1. Uh, Suzuki hates losing. I know he does, but his smile, man, just at the prospect of being able to do this again with the Bushi. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Now, I think we're going to have a bit of a, a disagreement in the next match, and that's that's fine. That's all good. That's all right. But we've got Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. And... All right, so I I loved I love Shingo in this. I've n- never seen Shingo put on a bad performance, and I never will. I doubt it. But all right, I remember when Akata started putting on the money clip on people, Mister Andy, and, and I was all for it. When I, there was a few doubters out there, and I was like, look, I'm all for it because it, it involves risk control, and Okada's all about that risk control for the rainmakers and shit. And I was always saying, all right, that it would be a really good kind of transitional move. Like you, you weaken them up with the money clip, boom, rainmaker. And, you know, that's what you do. Kind of like what Sonata will do. He doesn't really tap people out with, uh, not cold skull, skull end. Right, he doesn't tap people out with that move. He he may maybe he does, but very rarely. Uh, he'll use that to weaken someone up so he can go for the mood assault. But Akata's not using the rainmaker, and it's driving me nuts, Mister Andy. Because all right, New Japan likes to promote itself as kind of like a sport, and I want to I want to say this right now. All right, say. I'm a, I'm a boxer. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm too short. I've got no reach. I'd never be a boxer. I'm not fit. All right. Uh, but say I'm a boxer and I've got this fucking awesome uh, punch that just fucks people up every time I use it. So what do I do when I'm boxing? I'm going to use that fucking move because it's a surefire way for me to win. Okada is the winningest New Japan IWGP heavyweight champion ever. He's held the title for more days than anyone ever in the history of the promotion. What's helped him do that? The Rainmaker. Why do you stop using it? It doesn't make any sense. It's fucking stupid. It doesn't make sense in story. It doesn't make sense. And just to use the money clip instead, just... It, it just feels to me like that just slows down the match, makes me frustrated, and it just chumps people out. And I fucking hate that move now. He's, he's, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really down on Akata here. That look, there's some signs of Akata for all of, of old here. There is in all of these matches, but he isn't for me right now. And in my opinion, I think he's undeserving of the victories that he's getting. Uh, and. It ends, of course, with the drought maker putting Kazuchika. Putting he's the drought maker. It ends with the drought maker putting the stupid fucking money clip 
on Shingo. Shingo doesn't tap, of course. He, he He's too tough for that shit. So he calls passes out. It's a ref stoppage. And it just really annoyed me. I'm like, you're fighting these guys who are amazing, absolutely incredible. And you're not, and to me, a Carter not using the Rainmaker is holding himself back. He's, he's, it's like, you guys don't even deserve Rainmakers and shit. I, I don't like the story. I don't like it. Uh, it that, yeah. All right. I've said my piece, Mr. Andy. Uh, it wasn't as vicious or as ranty as I thought it would be. I've cooled down a bit. I've been able to kind of like think it out and talk it. I've bounced this shit off charity a number of times just to go, all right, right. How, how am I going to kind of talk about this? Because he's amazing. He, he's one of the best I've ever seen. And for me to kind of just be so down on him is disheartening. Um, it's, yeah, all right. Well, Done. I like this match, you know, and uh, and I'll tell you why. So the story of the the Rainmaker not being used is kind of like the idea is, and it's a fucking dumb story, you're right, is that, you know, Okada is playing on hardcore mode, basically. That's like the idea is like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to use my finisher anymore because it's too easy to win that way, which is shitty and that buries other wrestlers and I don't like it. However, I had put that out of my mind for this match. I was like, you know, I, I love Shingo. I love Okada. Um, I, you know, I've been down on him lately, too, because of his, you know, lack of effort. And there were definitely times in this match where I thought, ah, oh, gosh, you could try a little harder there. You know, but, man, Shingo made this match awesome. And it was because of his performance and, you know, his chemistry with Okada. This is the first time they've had a match together that I'm aware of, and I thought it was mm -hmm. really good. It's like a... It's not the greatest match ever, but it is an extremely solid main event. And um, one of the reasons that I loved it was the false finishes they built to were believable. And I jumped out of my seat a few times thinking Shingo was going to win. Like, literally jumped out of my seat. And uh, I was all about this match. I thought it was great to me. It brought back the Akata of old that we've seen, you know, in the past. And um, towards the end of this match, we got... You know, Okada putting on the money clip, right? And yeah, you hate to see it, whatever. But man, Shingo sold the shit out of that thing. Um, almost like he was a cartoon character. like if it, Or like a, a video game character that had been punched in the face and like one eye's real big and one eye's like closed, you know, like that kind of thing. He just crushed selling the shit out of this thing. And man, by the end of it, I believed that he was actually passing out. And I just, I don't know, man. I thought this was awesome. Maybe something that can cause someone to have a problem with this match, too, is the slow pace. It's a slow building pace, just like most New Japan main events and like most Okada matches. And it, I don't think it got good until about five, six minutes in, and then it started to get towards that, you know, very good, almost great mm -hmm. category. But that's my opinion. It's okay. We're allowed to disagree. I don't care. I mean, it's just one of those things. I know you hate Okada right now, and I get it. I hope that, you know, somehow he drags his way out of the drought uh, for you because he's definitely going to be a big part of, of everything going forward. And so I still think he's going to maybe win the G1, and this was a big step for him towards that. I think we're the nicest disagreeers of all time. Uh, well, nice, we're very nice disagreeers. Like, I remember... Uh, I was uh, 
I can't remember who it was with, but it was on the Tweety and someone was saying something about Yoshihashi. And I was like, well, I kind of like him. And that person was like, I see that, but I don't. And I was like, cool. And then we moved on. You know, it, it isn't the kind of stuff you need to hold on to. You just disagree, man. The, the important thing is we all love New Japan. That's the only thing that matters. Um, and, yeah, uh, I'm happy to move on to the banger block. I don't want to beat a dead horse, man. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit more about that during the uh, next Okada match. Not not in such length or anything like that. But, yeah, uh, if you're happy to move on to the banger block, I am too. Let's do it. All right, man. So it's banger block night seven. We're at Aichi. And we start off with uh, Yoda Suji and Gabriel Kidd. And fucking we see fucking Yoda Suji doing some, like, pretzel like Zack Sabre's junior shit on Gabriel Kidd, which was awesome. But uh, double arm suplex and Kidd manages to get the victory. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say about it. It's like a hard-fought match, you know. A lot of hanging out in the ring after the match. I don't like that. Leave. You know? What are you doing? Just leave. I don't understand that. Like, all the young lions lately have just been like, especially Gabriel Kidd, just like, well, I'm going to hang out in the ring. Gonna stand here, gonna stand here, just fucking leave, you know? Yeah, leave because you gotta come back out anyway and be a fucking like you're on, you got a job to do. Yeah. After you've done the job, you gotta get the back fuck back out here and, you know, do your ringside shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it was really good, solid stuff. Uh, I, I've been saying this a couple shows ago, but I think you're hitting that point now of, look, they're good, but. How much more is there to say? Right. And, all right, so we got our first match of the banger block. We've got Yoshihashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And I really like it. Uh, I know how people feel about Yoshihashi. I know how you feel about him too. But I quite like this match, and Zack Sabre Jr. keeps twisting Yoshihashi up with how Yoshi powering through. And I, I like these matches because when I watch these matches Mr. Andy with Yoshihashi in it. I believe that look look, is he the greatest competitor I've ever seen in the ring and will he ever be? <laughs> Maybe no, probably not. Look, I'm I'm realistic. I like the guy, but I'm not about to say, look, I like Zack Ryder, everyone. I like the dude. He's a big goof. But I, I don't know. I like him. That's it. Probably because I like I I liked how he kind of got himself over and all that kind of stuff. I just do I ever see him being a world champion? No. I don't need everyone I like to be the biggest elite wrestler in the world. But I like Yoshihashi. And I liked him with Zack Sabre Jr. He chops the fucking shit out of Zack Sabre Jr., by the way. But one thing I'm, I want to mention is Yoshihashi, every match I've seen him in in this G1, I feel like even though he's losing everything, nearly every single match, he beats Sonata, but I feel like he gives every match everything he has. I feel like he's got nothing left on the table. He's put it all out there. And I I respect the shit out of that. I don't think Okada's putting it all out there because he's holding back. And that really pisses me off. Uh, and then I see someone who's nowhere near as good as Okada leaving it all on the table. And I just fucking respect that. There's a fucking some great chops. There's a gnarly thrust kick that Yoshihashi does. But, of course, Zack Sabre Jr., come on, he's going to twist this motherfucker up. 
and there's a ref stoppage and Zack Sabre Jr. wins. Uh, am I disappointed? Yes. Did the right guy go over? Yes. Zack Sabre Jr., eight points. Yoshihashi, two points. When I was younger, I learned to play the drums, and I was never a great drummer, but one concept that I absolutely understood, and still to this day, I try to apply this concept to life, and that is uh, the concept of accents. So when you're playing the drums, an accent is where one note is louder than the other. And you can make that happen by just hitting the shit out of the drum, or you can make that accent stand out by making every other note quieter. And so I think that you're having the uh, accent um, thing happen with Yoshihashi, where we've seen him not try for the past, like, fucking five years, and now that he's trying a little, you're like, oh, my God, look how much he's trying, you know? <laughs> so I think that that's kind of what's going on with him. I thought this match was fine, you know? I don't care about Yoshihashi. Uh, however, it did give us some some uh, uh, backstage comment gold that we heard at the top of the show from Zack Sabre Jr. Um, and, I love uh, that promo, by the way. I, I, loved, I loved it because, yes, did he rag on Yoshihashi? Of course he did. But he also put him over at the same time, which is a really good heel promo. I like it when heels do that. I like it when heels go, this guy fucking sucks. Damn, he fucking kicked the shit out of me. Like, those chops, where'd they come from? So I, I, I like heel promos like that. And, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I, like, I don't know. He's not going to pull out, like, 10 million star classics and shit. But I can think I just respect – I respect a guy that I feel is putting it all out there rather than, fit, you know, holding back and shit like that. So there it is. All right, man. You don't want me to talk about this match, that match anymore. So let's go to the. Let's go to this match. I fucking love it. It's uh, Tori Yano, the king of pro wrestling, versus Kenta. And uh, there's no need to sanitize after this match. I didn't think so because there's fucking sanitizer all over the fucking place. Well, look, there's fun and games like like the Yano has a chair. Fucking Kenta has a has his briefcase, and neither one of them will put him down and stuff. Uh, Kenta, you know, Kenta keeps faking him out. So Yaro will put the chair, puts the chair down, and Kenta will pretend to put the, the, the briefcase down. But oh no, he still got it. But <laughs> it was pretty fun. And then there's like sanitizer central. It's fucking everywhere. Even Chumpy fucking gets it all over him and shit. And uh, Kenta takes Yaro up on the ramp. Hits him with the case and tape flies the fuck out of it. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Kenta tapes Yato's wrists to like the uh, the entrance. There's like you know these poles and shit. He tapes him to that. Waves goodbye to him and then runs to the ring. Kenta six, Yano six. Hey, he couldn't pin Yano, could he? You know, I mean Kenta's pretty good at wrestling, but pinning Yano—that's something that uh, has eluded him so far. But uh, yeah, I, I thought the, the stuff at the beginning was pretty funny because as soon as Yano would turn around and Kenta still had the briefcase, then he would argue, Yano would argue, well, then I should get a chair. Like, if he has a briefcase, then I should get a chair, you know, which is perfectly fair in my opinion, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. We also had them uh, kind of do the uh, uh, Taka Michinoku versus Taichi thing where they kept, uh, you know, taking turns of rolling out of the ring and not, you know, being, you know, refusing to touch each other and stuff like that. It's <laughs> a lot of this match is just them arguing. 
So there's like like big chunks of this match are the ref and the two wrestlers just arguing with each other. I thought it was so funny uh, the reveal that the briefcase was full of rolls of tape. You know, I mean, because like a hundred of them fell out. It wasn't like one or two. <laughs> he came prepared for a Yano match, and I respect well, that. Also, very he, smart. Maybe he was hiding all the tape from Yano. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Is that like he <laughs> at the very beginning, Ref Chumpy pulls tape out of Yano's pants, and Yano's not real happy about that because maybe he couldn't find any more tape because fucking Kenta took it all and put it in the briefcase. <laughs> So, so that was pretty great. I mean, it's just fun stuff. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry that Kenta won, though, because, goddamn, the king of pro wrestling being defeated by tape. Uh, you never thought you'd see the day, you know? <laughs> I remember, like, I don't know if I said it on the show or just you personally, you, you were like, oh, yeah, he's going to get so many points this year. And I was like, he's going to get six or eight tops. And he's got six now, <laughs> and he might get eight. And the reason he might get eight tops is because his last match is against Yoshihashi. Oh, so, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, look, really fun stuff. We talk up these Yano matches because he is by far my favorite comedy wrestler of all time. Uh, and I never get tired of him because when he works with so many different creative wrestlers, they're all willing to work with him to, to just figure out new, interesting, creative ways to bounce off of each other. They're not like, all right, let's just do the usual blah, blah, blah. They all feel different and fun and interesting, and he's just a blast to watch, and it's a blast to see everyone interact with Yano. Fucking love it. All right, dude. Uh, here, here, here it is. I really like this match too. This is uh, Juice Robinson versus Sonata. And I thought for a lot of it, it was quite evenly matched. It was uh, it was really good pace with some great counters, like uh, Juice turning that runner into a power bomb and things like that. Then you got Skull End and a Mood Assault and Sonata eight, and Juice at six, and now out of contention. Really like Juice in this G one. Uh, Juice has never really been a huge mega scorer. Uh, in previous G1s, and he's obviously not in this one either, but I still think this is his best performance in this this G1. Certainly, you know, and he and Sonata have pretty good chemistry. I mean, there's not a lot to say about this other than it's like, it's an interesting match because it's very evenly booked. You know, it's not like one guy mm -hmm. dominating or whatever, you know, it's like very evenly booked, and the other thing is the crowd love this match. Oh my god, the crowd, like there's a point uh, you know, Sonata puts uh, Juice in the Paradise Lock, and he'd been trying to do it a couple times and finally got it, and a huge pop from the crowd for the Paradise Lock, you know, and just, I don't know, the crowd was really into it, um, and I just can't believe that uh, Sonata won with a bloody backflip. A bloody backflip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can believe it because of the way they've been booking Juice in this G1. When Tanahashi beat him, Tanahashi outwitted him and all that kind of stuff. When Naito beat him, it took two Destinos. When Sonata beat him, it was that kind of pin as well. So he's only at six, but it makes me feel like they have some plans for Juice. I don't know what they are. I don't know how big or how small they are, but I think uh, Juice is someone to watch. Yeah, US definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, here's a match that will... That uh, is probably 
going to make Mr. Andy weep tears of sorrow. Uh, but we got Hir Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. And look, I want to just point out how cool and unselfish Hiroshi Tanahashi is. Like, I just, he's at six points. This is the G1. Tanahashi's won three of them, I know, and and maybe we don't never need to see him win four, but he's usually up there, right? He's usually up there at the top of the block or one of the top people at the block. He is so cool and selfish and willing to have great matches and put people over. I love him. He is so fucking amazing. And I like him in this match too because Tana does something I don't see Tanahashi do that often. And he fights a very never-style wrestling match against Goto. Fucking awesome strikes and a great brawl. I, I, I really like this match. I would have preferred for uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi to win, as I'm sure you are too. But GTR and Tanahashi at six, and Goto has more points than Tanahashi at eight points. And it's just, it's a little weird to me. Like, I know they like to keep Goto a bit strong. But, yeah. Um, look, I see a guy who's got six points in the G1 having fucking bangers and being unselfish and awesome. And then I see another dude at the fucking other block being a douche. And, yeah, there it is. You can't let <laughs> it go. Oh, my God. Um there is this uh, cool backbreaker-style knee breaker from Tanahashi. Like, he broke, broke Goto's yes. knee over his knee, which was pretty cool. And that, of course, sets up a bunch of dragon screw leg whips for later. Um, we had a super Yushigoroshi onto the bad knee from Goto. So, like, you know, Tanahashi's working um, the leg that Goto always, like, he does the Yushigoroshi and the GTR on, which I think is his left leg. And so... You know, he's he's hitting that with all kinds of offense, and then Goto just hits those moves anyway and wins. That finish is fucking dumb, and it shatters kayfabe. I don't like that. But um, I thought the match was overall really good. But I will say this to all those folks that say, you know, they want to defend Goto. Say, oh, Goto's good. Goto this, Goto that. Um, he just eliminated Tanahashi pretty much from the G1. So Yeah, so... Uh, so that's, that's an asshole I think... You know, so saying. I think uh, if anyone has uh, any problems with any opinions that Mr. Andy has uh, against Goto, uh, I think you just shut them all down, man. Yeah. <laughs> Eliminating Hiroshi Tanahashi, motherfuckers. Who do you like more? <laughs> Send your emails, too. <laughs> we all know who you like more. Come on. It's the fucking ace. Yeah, but still a, a, a great match. Oh, man, I love Tanahashi. All right. Main event time, it's Tetsuya Naito versus Evil. This is the third match, and here's where I wrote, bloody Twitter, people on my feed mathing this shit out, so I knew who would win this one. God damn it. And before people say, well, Luke, you shouldn't be on fucking Twitter if you're fucking, you know, watching it. Hey, I do a New Japan podcast. I watch it live with people. I tweet and interact with them. It's kind of Mr. Andy and I's way to go. Hey, welcome to the Never Open Podcast. The podcast open to everyone. Come and interact with us. So yeah, we're tweeting. And we will see tweets where people 
who have much superior math skills than me. Oh, if you're looking for me to kind of math all this kind of shit out at the end, by the way, I suck at maths. English and reading and stuff, I got that all covered. Math, I suck at it. So don't expect any of this kind of breakdown shit from me. If Mr. Andy can handle it, I can probably bounce off him. But I suck balls at maths. My, my, my wife has a fucking degree in mathematics, so but she's not doing the podcast. I am. So and so, so, so here we are. Uh, she'd be fucking th- thrilled maybe if she got uh, even more heavily into New Japan, and I'd be like, "Here's a spreadsheet of the G1." She'd be like, "Oh, oh. yeah, we are not yeah. involving so, spreadsheets in our show. I will quit. I hate spreadsheets. So I'm just saying. Look, I respect and admire people who are so passionate about New Japan because it's all about the love of, the, of New Japan, right? I. I Awesome. Do it. Talk about it. Share it. Awesome. But sometimes, and and late in the G1, that kind of thing will happen. So, yeah. Uh, I think the two previous encounters were better, probably because the stakes were higher, i.e. the titles were on the line. But I still had a lot of fun with this. Yes, there is cheating. I know people get mad at that, but I bought the T-shirt. In fact, as we record this, Mr. Andy, I'm wearing... Darkness Club right now. I even wore it for the uh, movie review I did today. Uh, and I still had a lot of fun with it. So we got STO, the STO that evil does, which is called the Everything is Evil, uh, Evil at 10, and Naito at 10. This was a match we had all circled at the beginning of the tournament, you know, that we, as far as like this was the big rematch. Now, couple things did it live up to the hype as far as like was this like a you know a fucking amazing match where you know it was super physical and like you know had you on the edge of your seat i i don't really feel that it, it reached the heights that you know you would want necessarily for this match however you know this is a situation where holding back i think is what they want to do and i know that mm-hmm. uh, and the reason is is because this story isn't over this is just another chapter in this story and we are like at the beginning of the book still so you can't you can't have the big fight scene the big battle you know can't be in the first two chapters so you know i i get why they didn't lay every absolutely everything out there i thought it was pretty good and it was fun to watch you know and i love evil and i love naito and i love that uh their dynamic and everything i just I'm interested to see. I think that this story is going to continue in the World Tag League, and maybe you know Naito will tag with someone in the World Tag League, and and you know, and then um, uh, Dick Togo and uh, and Evil maybe will tag together or something like that. And I'd like to see some more fights there. So again, like I said, it's just another chapter in in the long book uh, that's going to be this feud. Um, I thought it was fine. You know, nothing nothing really spectacular or anything, but uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah, this, as I said, the stakes weren't as high this time. So it's it, for me, it was always going to be, yeah, I know, it's good. It's not as great as their previous two encounters, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, as you said, solid stuff, really liked it. And I thought that was a really good night of B-Block as well. Uh, really solid stuff, uh, no duds, uh, Yeah. Typical B block. I don't think B block has put on a single um, stank match. Now, have there ever, has every match been like the perfect match? No, 
as I said, uh, J block will take you to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but B block will be sure and steady, consistent, and I quite like consistency, uh, you know, because as much as I love the highs, the lows can like suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're ready, Mr. Andy, let's let's go to J block night eight. Yes, sir. All right, man, you're ready. I'm ready. We've got you, Uramura versus Gabriel Kidd. And you mentioned this. And you're right. Uh, yeah, who's going to win when both men sprint to the ring? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, it's like it's all up in the air at that point. They're trying to trick us. Yeah, because uh, you've pointed it out. And I don't know why I didn't notice this. But now that you've pointed it out to me, I think last week or the week before or last episode, the episode before, I don't think we've got a weekly schedule. It's kind of hard with new with uh, the G1. You've got to kind of slot them in when you can, right? But uh, as soon as you mentioned that, I <laughs> that guy ran to the ring. Oh, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. But if they both run to the ring, you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's, a, that's a universal truth. That was very truth. good. It's a universal truth in pro wrestling. I mean, if you think about it, Virgil jogged to the ring. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain guys that have always jogged to the ring, and those are the guys that are jobbers. So it just is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, double. Uh, this is also another really good Young Lions match. They're all fucking good. Point, point. Point me a shit Young Lions match, like, it's in this G1. Point, point, point one out to me. You can't. It's impossible. This is another good one. Uh, but uh, you with the double underhook, and he pins Gabriel Kidd. Yay! <laughs> my, my only uh, thing to point out in this is just lots of great mat wrestling, and Gabriel Kidd busts out the Muda lock in this match. So... That's strange. I've not seen that one come from him before. If I have, I don't remember. So, Muda Lock from Gabriel Kidd. And he also, we heard from him at the top as well, and he said that he sweats like a lizard. And lizards don't sweat. So, that's pretty stupid. Is that true? No, did he say lizards don't sweat? Or did you I just like, said lizards. wait, lizards don't sweat? Yeah, he said, look at me. Or, I'm, or, I'm sweating like or, a lizard. Right. Well, he's a young lion. He's still learning. Yes. Obviously, he didn't go to the fucking young lion class about lizards, dude. Well, then don't talk about him, you know? Yeah. Don't talk about shit you don't know, Gabriel Kidd. Right. Ask No wonder Jay White spit in your hand, motherfucker. <laughs> ask Shingo. You know what? Question, you know? Speaking of Simpsons references, Mr. Andy, I bet you Jay White spat in his hand and uh, Gabriel Kidd was like, I will never wash this hand again. <laughs> I, get I don't that. know if you get that. I do. You get that one? Yeah. All right, cool. Interesting fact, uh, <laughs> the girl who played the babysitter that fell, that Bart fell in love with was... Um, from Roseanne. Yeah, the chick from Roseanne. There you go. All right, thanks for stealing, oh, stealing my little Big thing. Bang Theory, whichever reference you want to no, use, but I know I'm mostly not, from Roseanne. No, Big Bang Theory can... I fucking hate oh, that show. It's like the worst show of all time. So, all right, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that. So bad. No, I mean, hey, we both hate it. So what's the point of fucking talking about it? High five. And, but we both love New Japan, so yay! And <laughs> all right, so we have Jeff Cobb versus Penny Waste. Yep, that's another Beavis and Butthead name that they call each other. Uh, now, I think I think everybody knows 
And Andy, you'll back me up here. I know you will because we talked about this and it, it, the science checks out. We love Jeff Cobb. We've been talking his praises since the beginning of how awesome he is, how much we love him, his charisma, his, his star power, everything. We think he's absolutely a phenom and we love him. And and we love we love him because he beats Pennywise <laughs> up like a little bitch, suplexes the fuck out of this motherfucker and wins and wins. Uh, and all right, so the Ishi match was like, oh, all right, Cobb, I'm liking this attitude. All right, I see what you did there. All right. And then he did us all a huge favor by beating Dillweed. I mean, Pantywaist. I'm changing the name. And I marked out big time. Uh, it's funny, right? A couple of, uh, what, an episode or two ago, I'm just like, fuck this guy for beating Jay White. How fucking, how dare he? What do you mean, how dare he? Gato behind the scenes is like, all right, you pin him. All right, cool. Done. You know, that's probably how it went, right? But for me, I'm just like, what the hell kind of bullshit is that? Because I'm a passionate Jay White fan, kind of blind and biased, of course, because he's my boy. He's my dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I really like Jeff Cobb in this match. Yeah, the, you know, just like the alignment is situational, I think fandom can be situational too. And um, there was a couple things about this match. One, I really enjoyed it too, just watching, um, you know, Fuckhead get killed, which is great. Uh, Liger was super drunk in this match, which was awesome. He was laughing and having a good old time. Um, but there was one thing that Cobb did that made me very upset. Is that they had like a little exchange on the apron and he appeared to be about to throw Fuckhead um, to the moon off of... The, like if they were in Dark City, he would have thrown him into space, you know? But he was about to throw him yeah. off the apron to the floor and then Fuckhead fought out of it. And I was like, come on, Cobb! Kill the guy, you know. So um, I saw that tease, yeah. and I was just like, "I don't think that's a good." Oh wait, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, it it's him. No, 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 do it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that no, one, I, please. I, I remember mentioning during the uh, R Space Suzuki match where I was just like, "I wonder how much Suzuki has to beat the shit out of him before I'm like, please stop." And I never reached it. So, <laughs> if uh, if uh, they ever wrestle again and they want to do a reenactment of uh, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena with uh, Dillweed playing John Cena and Jeff Cobb playing Brock Lesnar, I would love that. Yeah. If everyone remembers that match, which I thought was awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Let's move on. We've got Kojo Ibushi versus... Yujiro Takahashi, and guess how Yujiro starts this match? He uh, he jumps Ibushi before the bell, right? <laughs> and takes him where? To the outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, look, there's a there's a spot that Ibushi does in not every match, but he'll pull it out every now and again, and I fucking love it every time. It's when someone got someone goes to drop kick him in the legs. And Ibushi jumps over it, and then boom, double stomp. Always love it. I mark out for that. Um, I don't know if I've really kind of mentioned this or anything like that, but uh, I probably have. 
who cares? It's worth mentioning again. Kota Ibushi is like one of the best in the world. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's just. Um, I, I and I like his look. He's got this kind of pretty boy look, but these fucking eyes. They can be like fun and playful, and then can just fucking turn stone cold. I'm gonna rip your fucking head off. I love Kota and Dushi. Love him. And yeah, I do think Yujiro gets in way too much offense in this, but he does a cool fisherman buster off the top rope. Respect. Hey, he's a late bloomer in the G1. He's been uh, his his first half. Not a fan. You heard me shit on it a lot. I beat that dead horse. Uh, until it uh, resuscitated back to life, then beat it to death again. But his second half, I've really liked it, uh, even though he's still at zero. Uh, Kamigoye, Ibushi 12, Yujiro 0. And 12 is that magic number. We'll talk about that more at the end, by the way. But uh, I thought this was uh, Yujiro's best match. Now, something to your point about Ibushi is that I, I know why you love him so much. And it's because he never doesn't try. He never doesn't bust his ass. He never doesn't bump hard. He bumps hard like a guy, like, you know, I don't know, waves his arm at him and Ibushi bumps out of the ring. You know what I mean? He is... Uh, makes his opponent's offense look amazing, and that's why he's so great, and and one of many reasons. Seen himself for a blow up doll. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have I you mean, seen that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, in DDT, you know that blow up doll has like six time champion or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I I loved that part of the match. Like if you watch this match, it's a lot of fun just watching Ibushi bump around like a maniac. But I was starting to think during this match about something I missed. You know. And that is, I can't wait until the um, the fans are allowed to vocally cheer again. Because here's what we would have heard during this match. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. ta Like that. And, and here's what I imagine is happening. If you've not heard this before, go back and watch any New Japan match from the past decade with, uh, you know, uh, with an actual crowd that can cheer. Um, you know, and they will just like, they get too excited. It's like, they're sitting there, they're all calm. And, and if they don't scream Koda! as loud as they can, they'll explode with excitement. And I'm sure there's been many deaths at new Japan shows just because of this, but they yeah. figured it out. They have to release suppression. spontaneous combustions and <laughs> right? shit. Dude. And so I just miss that so much because even when it's quiet, you'll just hear that every once in a while, just somebody will just lose their mind and you know, Tanahashi, you know, something. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I miss they, that. It, and it's usually for the handsomest of the handsome. It's like true. I've even heard it for Sonata. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets it. Now, one more thing about this match is that the the Kamigoye that was hit at the end, camera angle is so important with pro wrestling. If you see even a great move at the wrong you know angle, it doesn't look that great. And they had this angle where basically it was almost an over-the-shoulder shot from behind Yujiro, and it was the perfect angle, and it looked yes. like his head was going to come off his shoulders. Uh, tremendous work there. And we don't talk about it enough, but, man, um, New Japan's I would say camera it's also because great. we've seen Kamigoyes from wrong angles. Yes. And, and of course, he's not really kneeing the fuck out of his head. But it, wrestling's fake, everyone, just so, just so you know. <laughs> but, yeah, camera angles are important. You see a kick-ass move from the wrong angle, and you're just like, the fuck was that and that might take you out of the match and 
it's not necessarily the wrestler's fault. Like, because, of course, Ibushi's not going to drive his knee right through fucking anyone's head for real. That's just insanity. But you get a good angle on it. If And in wrestling, if it looks good, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was fucking, yeah. I, I, I really like that match. And oh, I fucking love the next match. It's never as fuck. And I say that quite happily because for me, Tai Chi has turned into a never guy. Look, I can see him with the IC title. I can, I can see that. I can see him with the Intercontinental title. But for now, he's got this kind of never style of fucking strikes and kicks and just brutality, which is awesome. Yes, he's, he's still a douchebag here, of course, but he can bring it, and he's done nothing but bring it in all of 2020, really. Uh, and there's this Tai Chi just kicks Shingo right in the friggin' face, and it looks amazing. There's a really cool back and forth in this match, and a really cool reversal into the Made in Japan by Shinto, according to my crappy notes. Uh, it's Shingo, of course. Uh, I. I don't proofread my notes. I'm just like, oh, fuck this. This is my notes. I'm going to read it out. But, uh, you know, I don't mind making myself look dumb. That's so cool. Uh, there's, but there's just like too many kicks to the head to Shingo. He takes so many strikes to the head. Too many. And Black Mephisto, Taichi 8, Shingo 6. And Taichi has a win over the Never Open Champion. And I'm, I was always thinking, like, the story of Shingo's G1 would be him defeating Suzuki and getting that shot. So I thought, if he beats Taichi, he has even more claim to that fucking thing, right? Yeah. So I was, I was kind of sitting here going, all right, Shingo's going to win this. And I'm happy with that. And then I got surprised. And guess what? I was happy with that. Do I love Shingo and want him to win every match? Yeah. But I am like you, Mr. Andy. I want Tai Chi to win every match too. That's just how I feel. Yeah. And we've got Tai Chi 8, Shingo 6, yeah. Tai Chi is kind of the new shiny toy, sort of. Even though he's been around forever, he's different now, you know? And so because of that... He's kind of the new shiny toy that we all want to play with, you know. And so, in Shingo, his shine has faded just a little bit, you know, not that much, but a little bit. And so, I, I was rooting for both guys in this match. Um, Taichi also brought back an old favorite. He used to um, use the his like weapon of choice was the ring bell hammer, and uh, he brought mm -hmm. that back, and that was part of the blows to the head. He also choked the shit out of uh, of uh, Shingo with the the camera cord. And Ref Chumpy tries to stop him, but he has no power, so he can't do it, you know. And that super kick there at the end. <laughs> so, you know, Taichi tried like a pumping bomber, it didn't work. And then, you know, they're hitting the ropes, and um, and he super kicks Shingo's fucking head off. It was another one of those like perfect camera angle type situations, almost the same angle and everything. And I was happy to see Tai Chi win. I wish, I think Tai Chi needs a better finisher. That's like the one thing that I think he needs to kind of, you know, he needs something that's that makes him look cockier, something that's like, you know, shittier to the opponent. That's what I want. And so, you know, maybe maybe something that has multiple strikes or something that has like, 
you know, takes a few more seconds than just a little backdrop type thing. But that's just my opinion. I thought this match was great. I'm all in on Tai Chi. I'm all in on Shingo. I love these guys. I can't wait to see him wrestle again, no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, he's a shiny toy because I remember you've probably heard that I've, I've mentioned this before. You've heard this for longer than me. Let's go Tai Chi, Tai Chi, go home. And even before uh, COVID had hit, uh, those chants have stopped because he brings it now. Like, he fucking brings it. Like, he's, 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 I know when, when I say Yoshihashi brings it, he brings it for Yoshihashi. When Tai Chi brings it, he's next level. That's true. Tai Chi's next level. He's fantastic. I fucking love him and I look forward to his matches. Uh, and, this one was no no exception. Uh, great stuff. This one was for pride because both men are uh, eliminated. And, man, what pride these two showed. It was fucking awesome. So if, if Ibushi versus Suzuki was this straight-up brawl, never-as-fuck kind of thing where Suzuki loved it, this is the opposite. It's Minaro Suzuki versus Switchblade Jay White. Switchblade Jay White doesn't give a shit if you think he's tough or showing his toughness. You know what he wants to do? Win matches. The W's are more important to this man. I thought this match was fucking awesome. And it's the King battle. King Switch versus the King. Uh, so I cheekily tweeted out, I'm going for the King in this match. Sorry, King, I'm going for the King. <laughs> uh, this is the kind of match where, as well as Tai Chi versus Shingo, and uh, that match and this match is, here's another Simpsons reference, who wins this match? We do, we do. You know, that whole uh, stone cutters thing. But that's what I think. Like, uh, uh, every now and again, I'll see a match where I'm just like, I don't care who wins. And I'll say to Charity, I'm like, Charity, guess who wins this match? And she'll be like, we do? And I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> so it's a king battle. There's some shenanigans. No shenanigans and stuff, but they start wrestling, and Suzuki gets some shitty kicks from Jay White, and they just fucking piss him off. They just piss him off. If, if no one remembers this, they fought two years ago in the G1, and in that G1, I'm pretty sure Jay beat most of the faces and lost to all of the heels. <laughs> <laughs> Suki fucking kicked his ass. He was wise to everything, you know. But this is two years later. Switchblade is a smarter douchebag than he was two years ago, man. And I freaking like this shit. Jay's, Jay's heel shit. He's, Suzuki's wise to it. And, you know, uh, Suzuki beats the shit out of Jay with his trademark stiff shots. And Jay's selling is amazing. He just drops like a fucking, I don't know. I can't think of something that drops. But he drops pretty damn good. <laughs> this is good podcasting shit, dude. <laughs> but I love Jay selling. Um, he... His character might not be the 
hey, let's trade blows and see who the toughest is. But when he gets a really good shot, he sells it like, Mwah. I love it. Then there's like some awesome working of the leg by Jay. And every time I see him work the, work the leg, I'm like, oh, we're getting a TTO. We're getting a Tanahashi tap out here. Gato even calls for the TTO and Suzuki counters it. Suzuki has some great Blade Runner counters as well. I freaking enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he puts Jay in an arm bar. Jay taps the fuck out. But Red Shoes is distracted by Gato, of course. Gato gets decked. Suzuki is about to put the gotch on. But Gato again, low blow, Blade Runner, and Switchblade at 12, Suzuki 6. This uh, this match was awesome. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And one of the things I find interesting about it is that the only reason that Jay was able to stay in this match, like he, so the first time Gato distracted, it worked a little bit, and then uh, the second time Gato distracted, it did not work. And uh, like you said, Suzuki was wise to all this shit. And uh, the only thing that kept Jay alive was his ability to counter moves. That was like the only thing that could like keep him from losing, basically, until finally, you know, he was able to to get the win with another distraction. Um, also, after the match, Suzuki tried to kill Red Shoes. He <laughs> he's screaming at Red Shoes. He tried to fight him. He he attacked him. It was awesome. So that was really great. Um, it's it's. I mean, seeing Suzuki angry from thousands of miles away still gives you chills and like after that match i was like oh i'm glad i'm glad he's not my dad you know <laughs> that's pretty much it so. what i loved was all right suzuki loses to abushi and suzuki's all fucking smiles he's just like i kicked his ass he kicked my ass the violence was amazing it was beautiful it was a work of violent art i fucking love that shit and he fights Switchblade, and Switchblade beats him. And he's like, that motherfucker! <laughs> How dare he use that bullshit way to beat me? What? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll kill you, Red Shoes. <laughs> yeah. So I just like the contrast between those two matches. Do I love both of them? Yes. Uh, is the Ibushi one better? Yeah. But... That one was, that's different. Like, Switchblade, Jay White is a heel. And uh, as much as I want to see him break out all these awesome moves, which he can do, he's a suplex fucking machine, uh, he's a heel. So, yeah, of course he's not going to fucking want to go kick to kick, punch to punch with Suzuki. That's just insanity. He doesn't want to get beat up. He wants to fucking win. So, yeah, I liked I liked. Suzuki in these two matches, how how uh, the reactions are so different, Creaky Chair, and yeah, I I just yeah, it it, it was good stuff. Uh, J Block uh, J sits at top of uh, J Block at the moment at twelve points. Uh, he also has wins over Ricardo and Bushi, which is pretty big. And speaking of Kazuchika Okada, I guess we'll go into the main event. Um, all right, so. When it comes to a gu- uh, the the block matches for Okada, there's there's a number of matches I was looking forward to. One was the the Suzuki Okada match, and the other one was the Ishii Okada match, and I wasn't 
I wasn't a huge fan of of this one as much as I would hope to have been because I think Okada is holding back. Yeah. And here's my notes here. Every time a match gets good, money clip. And, yeah, I don't like the story. I really don't. And just like the Shingo match, money clip, money clip, money clip, money clip, passes out at kind of 12 points. Ishii at six. And to say that Carter failed to have bangers against Suzuki and Ishii pains me. It just fucking pains me. I don't know what you thought of this, man. Man, go for it. It's really straightforward. You know, I mean, it's like straightforward match. You know, there wasn't any big surprises or anything, although we did get to see Ishii chop the absolute shit out of Okada, which was nice. And uh, there was you. a yes. there was a fun uh, Okada does this spot a lot of times where he'll get a guy up on the top rope and then he'll do this amazing drop kick and like get all the way up to kick the guy in the face. And he did that to Ishii. Ishii just no sold it and then hit a King Kong knee drop. Shout out to Makabe. <laughs> you know that was pretty cool. He's off shooting a movie at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but so while I was watching this, I had a, a, a stunning realization. I was stunned. And that was that this story of Okada, you know, just being too good. And so he's got to kind of hold back or whatever. This is basically the plot of the anime uh, One Punch Man. And um, that's pretty much what the plot of that show is, is that the guy is so powerful that he defeats everyone with one punch. So because of that, he's kind of depressed, you know, and he's just kind of bummed out and, and nothing really excites him. And I think that's kind of what we got here a little bit. One Punch Man is better than Okada uh, in this current storyline, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not too familiar with One Punch Man, but that, that sounds fucking hilarious. It's really funny. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Ibushi Suzuki should have main evented that night. It really should have. And... I look at this card and I'm like, yeah, Okada Ishii should have been invented this this card, but uh, uh, I was just left unsatisfied. Luke, you and, want you want the book, don't you? You want them to give you the book. They're not going to give you the book, man. Mm, so you know the drought maker continues. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> All right, banger block. This is what. Night 16, so it was the eighth night of Banger Block. And we're in uh, uh, Kanagawa, uh, Yokohama Budokan. Now, it's not the the Budokan that uh, they'll mention every now and again. Apparently, they've never been to this particular place and venue before. Okay. Uh, so it's, I think it's got different spelling, but it's pronounced similarly. I don't know, but it's not the Budokan. But it's, um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Who cares? <laughs> All right, so we got Yuya Uramura versus Yoda Suji. Uh, and uh, I like how uh, Suji counters the uh, overhook suplex into a crab. And then uh, Yoda Suji doing some fucking Sonata Spinneroo shit and puts on another Boston crab for the win. I thought that was a fucking awesome win. Apparently that was Yoda Suji's hometown as well. Oh, okay. And and before you jump in with your thoughts on this match, I will just jump in and say if anyone cares about the unofficial C block, it's uh, 
Yoda Suji at uh, five wins, four losses, two draws. Yu Uramura at five wins, five losses, one draw. And Gabriel Kidd at four wins, five losses, and one draw. Yeah, fuck you, Gabriel Kidd. Um, but uh, there's like a ton of headlocks in this match, too. <laughs> this is another headlocks the match. And then uh, Yu Yu is trying to break Suji's arm again. But like I said, giant swing um, into the Boston Crab. Big win for Suji. I thought that was a lot of fun. And you know, Suji, he walked calmly to the ring. And uh, Yu Mora sprinted like a loser. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yep. Do I have to run out there? Yes, you do. You're losing. Get out of there, bitch. Run. <laughs> Let's get this over with. You know? <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess for a lot of people, they get the worst match out of the way. But I really like this match too. It's Kenta versus Yoshihashi. And I've yet to see Yoshi stink up the place. Uh, I remember them these two having a match in a fucking America and I got fucking booed big time. But uh, <laughs> I really like this one. Uh Yoshi chopped the shit out of Kenta's chest. It's red as fuck. Uh, Kumagoroshi, too, was kind of cool. Uh, someone on Twitter spelled that out for me. I didn't know what the move was called either. So, yes, thank you, Twitter or Tweeties. Uh, and, uh, yes, uh, Kumagoroshi was cool. But Kenta kicks the fucking shit out of him. And, look, <clears throat> I want Yoshi to have at least four points, man. And... You're going to be disappointed if it's against fucking the next guy. I think you'd be more disappointed if he beat if he beats Yano than if he beat Kenta. If he but, beats uh, Yano. Really, He's not going to beat yeah. Yano. All right. But I thought this was a really, really good match. Uh, Kenta is like, I respect the stick. Yep. He walks <laughs> walks to the ring, takes one look at Yoshihashi's stick, and he's like, you got a nice stick. Respect. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. But uh, Kenta kicks the shit out of him. Yoshihashi, as, as as always, gives it everything he has. As always in this G1, I mean. Gives it everything he has, but not enough. He goes for karma, and it's a nice counter into the game over, which is a submission hold that uh, Kenta does. And Kenta, eight points. Yoshihashi, two. I think the game over is just like a cross face. It looks awesome, though, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I did notice a couple things in this match. Like you said, there were some fun interactions between Kenta and Yoshihashi's staff, which I don't know why that is, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. And um, there was uh, also, when, when Yoshihashi came out, I noticed that he is so proud of his title. He wears it over his fucking entrance rope, um, to which yeah. um, listener Jamie Coy said, oh, just like Rick Rude. And I was like, yeah, Yoshihashi is no fucking Rick Rude, okay? So let's not... Yeah, he's alive. So Yoshi... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, uh, you know, there were some decent comebacks in here from Yoshi. And I thought it would be kind of short because he hit the headhunter like right out of the gate, which is the yeah. worst blockbuster you'll ever see. Um, unless I try to do one. But, it, but New Japan is investing in Yoshi, so it was a little longer than I thought. Um, you know, we got kind of arm wars later on in the match because uh, Kenta was working on Yoshi's arm, and then Yoshi's like, oh, you have an arm too. So he starts working on Kenta's arm, and uh, I thought it was yeah. pretty fun, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's, it was good, you know. Nothing nothing hey, bad here. 
no, no, no. That's high praise from you. Uh, I have to having listening to you say something half nice about a Yoshihashi match is like getting blood from a stone. So, well, it's not that bad. But I, I think you, I think you pay it out. Like when Goto pulls in a good match, you're just like, yeah, that was good. Like I think you're pretty fair, even if uh, it's quite obvious you don't give a fuck about either man. But it pains uh, me you know, to say it. It pains but, me to say. Does it pain you more to give praise to Yoshihashi or Goto? Um, Goto. Goto and I yeah. are long uh, foes. We've been foes for much longer than uh, me and Yoshihashi. So, um, you know, Goto... Because Yo Yoshihashi been... doesn't annoy you by winning singles titles and shit, right. does he? Right, you got it. He doesn't, he doesn't go deep into the, you know, into tournaments and fuck shit up for guys I like. So, um, <laughs> uh, so that's kind of why I originally started hating Goto, because of shit like that. And I have this idea... I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. And if somebody out there wants to do this for me, please do it. Because, goddamn, I try to do it, and it's really hard. Um, but I have, like, a parody song I'm trying to come up with about Godot. And I'll tell you off the air what it what it's for. Because it's perfect, but I just I can't write lyrics. So uh, maybe a year from now I'll have it figured out. But one of these days I'm going to have a little song about Godot. Uh, can you sing? Oh, I'm the greatest singer, yes, of all time. No, I can't really uh, sing. I'm... All right. Are you like on a scale of one to ten, where like where one is um, auto tune bullshit and ten is uh, tai chi? How well can you sing? Well, I do not belong in any list or any kind of group with tai chi, but I mean maybe <laughs> maybe maybe a two and a half, you know. All right, I can hit some notes. Fair enough. All right. You can carry a tune, but you're not going to have a number one hit. Is that, that's what you kind of tell well, me. Well, and, you know, if... if and you don't need all a tune. Well, right. in my music anyway, you know, if I were to be, uh, you know, putting out music, it's about the message, not about the, the execution. So it's kind of like Yoshihashi. <laughs> all right, moving on. We've got Juice Robinson versus Zack Sabre Jr. This one's a clash of styles. They're very different people. Um... It's a good match, but has there, have they have they had singles before these I, two men? I don't think so. And if so, it was kind of like something forgettable from a G one or something. Because if they have, yep, forgettable. Because old juice is kind of like, oh my god, I'm so happy to be here, you know. So uh, yeah, new juice. All right, so. Maybe Juice needs a couple more matches with uh, ZSJ to kind of lock some shit in. Uh, and maybe, you know, and maybe it's because they haven't fought each other in tags a lot or something like that. But it's a good match. There's just a couple of watches here. One that is really nasty where uh, Juice drops Zack Sabre Jr. on his head. He just, and, there's, and then there's a, a pin botch like right near the end. But other than those two things, I quite like this match. Uh, is Juice's power and brawling nature versus the uh, the submission machine? Excuse me. There's some wicked counters by Zack Sabre Jr. and Zack Sabre Jr. works at Juice's arm, left arm, and thus uh, kind of eliminating the possibility of a left hand god. And near the end, there's there's a a both in according to my notes. Didn't put a C in that, so I botched the word botch, everybody. 
That'll make congratulations. That'll make people happy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a botch near the end, but Trapping Pin and Zack Sabre Jr. wins. Juice on six. And so does Jay still alive on 10 points. In this match, Juice wants to stand up and fight. Zack Sabre Jr. wants to mat wrestle. And Juice and Thunder Liger wants to be drunk. And everybody gets what they want in this match. You know, so uh, there's all kinds of good stuff going on. Um, just real quick about those two uh, goofs up. Uh, the one, you know, the, basically they were doing that thing where uh, a guy has another guy in like the the arm bar thing where one guy's standing and one guy's laying on his back and so then the idea is the guy who's standing is going to pick him up so he has Zack Sabre Jr. up and I just don't think Zack Sabre Jr. is ready to be let go yet and so he just landed right on his dome and went sideways with it and it looks terrible go to our Twitter and you'll see it I threw it out there um, and also on the Instagram. It's on there too. And uh, But the the other goof-off, the other hiccup on the pickup, if you will, was um, they were, you know, doing the Pulp Friction and Zack Sabre, like, bumped for it, but it didn't happen. Like, <laughs> he bumped for the, mm-hmm. the, you know, which was weird. So, but the match is very violent, which I was pretty happy about. You know, um, I thought it was pretty great. It's sad. That the sweet boy was eliminated, though, here. That this eliminated him from contention, and that's very upsetting. Yeah. And uh, the next match is just pure delight. It's the King of Progress and Toriyanu versus the double champ Tetsuya Naito. And man, I remember just going off on you, like, fucking. Not not going off on you, really, but just going off on nights and go, oh my god, I'm so just get take your fucking clothes off and hurry up. But I quite liked it in this match because uh, Yano's getting super pissed off by how long it takes Naito to take all his clothes off to to wrestle. Not not all his clothes off, just to take off the suit he's wearing because he's got his wrestling gear underneath. And, uh, so Naito goes slower, much slower. <laughs> Even pretends he's intimidated by Yano by having trouble with the buttons and shit. <laughs> they don't touch each other for fucking ages as well. Eventually they go outside though and Yano uses his sanitizer spray and he he uh he tapes Naito to Yoda Suji through the ring barricade, kind of like how we taped uh Zack Sabre Jr. through a fucking through that ring barricade to a chair. And Zach, it took Zach a long time to figure out, oh, I'll just turn the chair a long way so I can get out. <laughs> Fucking Naito's a double champ. He ain't stupid. He's like, yo, Suji, squeeze the fuck through this. So, yo, to Suji, squeezes the fuck through that. And they're still taped together. And they go back into the ring and uh, they both climb in just at 19 out of the 20 count. And uh, <laughs> they both do kind of a nice double team move. And they get the tape off. And Naito goes, hey, thanks for that, man. Fist bump. Puts his fist up there. You're just like, really? Okay. <laughs> no. Kick to the midsection. Scoop slams uh, Yoda Suji onto Toriyano. And then Naito tries to fucking scoop slam <laughs> Chumpy onto Yano. But Chumpy gets out of that. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm a ref. Low blow onto Naito. And then <laughs> low blow by Naito on Yano. And one, two, three. <laughs> Naito pins the King of Pro Wrestling. Naito at 12. 
Yano at six. This was a lot of fun. Quite enjoyed it. It's mind games, but comedy mind games, you know? Yeah. Um, Yano's super impatient. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Like, come on. You know, he wants to get Naito in the ring. And Naito walked around the ring and would, like, act like he, like, put one foot on the steps and then turn around and keep walking, you know, and all this shit. And um, <laughs> that shit was so funny, you know? it's It was really great. Um, <laughs> and, and there was another part where... Yano had knocked uh, Naito to the outside, and so Yano's like, okay, here we go, and he hits the ropes, and he's going fast, and he hits the ropes like he's going to do a dive, and then he does the the flip over, you know, forward roll, and then does his his shoulder shrug, like, and the crowd loved that, Naito thought that was funny, too, Um, you know, and, and I thought it was pretty funny when he went to slam, uh, you know, ref chumpy, ref, he's like, you know, Ref Chumpy's like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I, you know, I just kind of got caught up in the moment, you know? <laughs> it's pretty funny the way he looked at it. We had turnbuckle cover wars in this match, too. Um, there was so much fun. And that last, that finishing sec- sec- sequence had, like, eight different things happen. Like, eight steps to it in, like, ten seconds, and then the finish happened. I don't know, it's a pretty good match. I thought it was a lot of fun. The crowd loved it. Uh, Twitter seemed to love it a lot too, and um, you know I can't sleep at night unless I know Twitter loves something. So there we go. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a delightful match. Uh, quite liked it, and I don't know how many of you listeners remember that uh, last year in the G129, these two men fought, and Naito when he does the six-man tag preview kind of matches and shit. Naito leaves his T-shirt on because eh, it's not that big a deal, you know, whatever. So he had his T-shirt on in that match against Yano last year, and Yano was just like, I'm going to put this over your head and fucking pin you, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> boom. Naito did not fall for that bullshit this time. He, no. he, he, he was ready to go. He was ready to go. Very smart. And uh, here, here we go, another match. It's uh, Evil versus Hiroki Goto. And I thought this was uh, pretty good hard-hitting stuff mixed in with Evil's Evil which I really dig. Uh, evil's evil makes people mad, which makes oh, me happy. Uh, because if you're pissed off by what evil's doing, it's working. He's a heel. This is what he does. Uh, he's, he's doing it perfectly. I fucking really like that shit. Having said that, though, I might not have dug this ma- match as much if Goto had won. I'm just going to say that right now because I would have been just like, really? Go to a 10 points? That's fucking balls. But no. Uh, evil hits the STO. And now Evil is the block leader at 12 points. Go to at 8. Uh, oh, one thing I really want to point out is Evil. <clears throat> Evil's really good at end of, end of match transitions. Meaning like, STO, oh no, GTR, no, STO, you're, there it is, boom, one, two, three, uh, Evil does end of match transitions fantastically, I love those, and yes, uh, yeah, Evil's the block leader on his block, whereas uh, the Switchblade is the block leader of his block, which teases me, teases me, the fact that I'll get what I want, Evil versus Jay White final, but it probably just means a Carter versus Bullshit. <laughs> I thought this was fun. You know, it's a pretty good match. Uh, you know, I they did the thing where that I I mean it's like the only thing that Goto does in matches that I actually like. 
is where he'll chase a guy into the ropes and then he hits the ropes and then he goes to the other side and hit the ropes and then they change sides and they did that in the kind of extended sequence and him and him and evil are usually pretty good partners when it comes to that so that shit yeah. was pretty cool um we also had um goto do a top rope elbow what the fuck are you doing goto you don't do that so that was weird and dick togo tries to get gato with the garot However, he eats a Yushiguroshi instead, you know, which is uh, like, okay, sure. Um, you know, I, like Naito falls for that, but not Goto. He's so smart. See how he does the thing where he stands in the waterfall? Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There was a discus lariat, and that's what uh, evil reversed into the everything is evil. And fucking Milano Collection AT was so pissed off, he was just beside himself, that poor guy. Yeah, he's really selling it because Evil did betray him and stuff. But yeah, yeah, pretty solid stuff, really good. But yeah, they definitely saved the best match for the main event. It's oh, Jesus, I don't even know where to begin. It's Sonata versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. This match is incredible. I don't think I could describe everything that happens in it. And I thought at first, uh, the ace is too smart to fucking f fall for the fucking paradise lock. Twice. <laughs> no, he gets put in it twice. And this match was down to the to the wire. The submissions looked fucking brutal. And Tano does one of our favorite spots, the fucking outside high-fly flow. But eventually, Mutasol and... And I say eventually, Mutasol, this is like 25-plus minutes. These are 30-minute time limit matches. Sonata is really good at cutting these things fucking fine. Uh, I remember like a G1 match last year. He beat Akata in like 29 minutes and 50 seconds or some kind of crazy number like that. I don't know what the time was for this one. I don't even know if it's even up on New Japan World yet. Let me just... Check that results, and they're not. They're not there. Like it's not doesn't say. But not it was yet. a fucking. It was a long ass match in all the best ways possible. I thought it was kind of like incredible. One of maybe one of the best matches in the G one. Muda Salt and Sonata pins Tanahashi. Sonata's at ten points, still alive in the G one, and Tanahashi at six. This is the Tanahashi main event. That's what this is. And he's had this match with Okada. He's had this match with Naito. He's had this match with Ibushi. He's had this match with all these guys. It's it's the Tanahashi main event. And it's a spectacular match that he always wrestles. And uh, he's always great at mixing the other guy's stuff in. Um, you're right. The high fly flow to the outside, I think that might be one of the best moves in professional wrestling history. It is just spectacular and so scary and awesome and everything that a pro wrestling move should be. I love it. It's beautiful, um, yeah. And that, that's a tremendous thing. I just, you know, there was like um, Tanahashi attacking Sonata's legs to set up his dragon screws like he normally does, but then Sonata started doing the same thing to him to set up the Paradise Lock, which ended up happening and the the first time he did a paradox lock was in the middle of the ring the second time and i was thinking you know what i miss is when they do that around the ropes and then he fucking did it so he did it around the bottom rope which leaves someone helpless you know and uh that was a lot of fun 
Um, it's funny too because when you do the uh, the you know that kind of lock, you can kind of turn them on their back when their ropes are there, which they didn't do, but it's still kind of fun. So, I mean, I just I thought this was what I want to see in New Japan. You know, I I don't know what to say about it except it's fucking good. It's the Tanahashi match, and if you want to know. If you you know if you're new to New Japan and you're like okay so what's this Tanahashi guy all about you watch this and you get everything Tanahashi's all about. Yep, and I just found it. It's uh, 28 minutes 25 seconds. So yeah, this is a long, awesome war. Great psychology. Great, great, great work. It pains me that Hiroshi Tanahashi is at six, but you know he's. It, that takes nothing away from the match, and it makes Sonata look like a fucking badass. And it was it was great stuff. It was a great last match to watch to lead into us recording the show. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and <laughs> we've covered all of the shows. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, we broke. Yeah. What was your favorite show of this group? Um. Oh, let me just go through my freaking notey notes. Um. Uh, it kind of pissed me off too much, so it's not going to A block. I'm sorry. So maybe tonight or. Uh, the other B block night. Um, I'm sorry, uh, the card really pissed me off. So, so it's not going. On, <laughs> I'm not going on him. I understand. People might be like, "Are you crazy?" But there were so many other good matches. But yeah, but his matches were both the main events at both times, and uh, it kind of like really annoying me. But I don't know. I I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm really horrible at picking a favorite night. I do have a favorite match though. I think it was Ibushi versus Suzuki. Yeah, that, I mean, that was my favorite night was that that show, the first one of this group. I thought it was awesome. You know, there was very little uh, crappy stuff going on in that in that show. And, you yeah. know, and even the match that I didn't want to see was very good. So, uh, so I, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, like you said, Ibushi versus uh, Suzuki is kind of the match of the week. So, uh, you know, kind of if we want to throw something like that out there. However... Man, there's some really good stuff going on, too. I mean, Kenta versus uh, Yano was so much fun. Um, you know, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that happened this week. And so, you know, I mean, Shingo versus Taichi, you know. We, we had Jay White versus Suzuki. That was amazing. That was so yeah. much good stuff. So it's fun to look back on all this, though, and think about, you know, how much fun have we had. But, Luke, we're heading into night 17 of the G1 here coming up, and um, this is kind of the home stretch, right? Yeah, there's three more G1 matches. G1 matches? What the fuck am I talking about? Three, one, three more nights of the G1, uh, I think, right? There's one more A block, one more B block, and then the finals. You got it. Uh, we don't we don't know what match is going to be in the finals, and because uh, we we just don't know. We don't know if other wrestlers are coming back or anything like that. But uh, if we go to Friday, 
there's some interesting stuff going. Oh my god, Jeff Cobb versus Yujiro. I mean, Cobb's just going to win in five minutes. But we Yujiro's going to get his first win. I hope so. I'm be rooting for him. That'd be great. Yeah. But we got uh, Shingo versus Suzuki, which is yeah. going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, we got a match. We've got probably one of my a match that I probably care the least about, which is Okada versus uh, Douche Nozzle. But we got Abushi Tai Chi, which is going to be amazing. And then Ishii Switchblade Fuck is going to be a freaking awesome main event. Ishii beat the shit out of him in the last year's G1. Let me schedule. Where's the, where's the fucking. It's Friday, oh, it's Saturday. And then last night in the Banger Block, some interesting matches. You've got Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. That's always great. And. Uh, Yano, Yoshihashi, I don't know. Ethka could be fun, who knows? But uh, Naito Kenta is going to be great. And the main event, which has a huge story to it because these two were tag team champs that won World Tag League together two years in a row. And Sonata versus Evil. Whew. That's going to be a good one. So. You know, we got those two shows, which are Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, we have the uh, the finals. Now, the finals, there are no matches announced. So that means that Friday and Saturday, and maybe even as soon as we get done recording, because that's always how that works, we will find out some of the matches we're going to have. We're going to have the return of tag matches. We're going to have the return of a bunch of wrestlers, I guarantee you. Um, and hopefully... We're going to have some teasing of some Super Junior stuff that's coming up and some World Tag League stuff. So I'm excited for that because after that we have kind of a break and then we end up having these, you know, Road 2 shows. And also, I don't know if you saw this, um, but this is despicable. It makes me sick to my stomach and I'm very upset. And that is that the, uh, the New Japan America show is now called Never. Did Why? See, yeah. Did you see that? Well, they changed the name every other week, and now it's called Never. So, I mean, come on. Don't be, you know, are they trolling us? They're just taking a piss now, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. So that's despicable, and I don't like that. But then we get all these, you know, Road 2 shows before the, you know, power struggle, and then we get our tag team uh, and uh, Super Juniors tournament that starts in uh, November. So, we are going to return to kind of the normal format of the show. And I think that uh, for, the, um, for the next show, I think we should, you know, go back to our old format. We might have a Kojima tweet. We may hear from Master Wado. We may hear from Outback Tokashi. <laughs> and we may also have match recommendations. So, uh, you know, so it's going to be fun to return to form. This has been a great uh, practice for the other tournaments that are coming up too. So, and I think that we nailed it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, how this all went. And, uh, like I said, the home stretch is feeling pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it felt like a daunting task, but an exciting task when we started and here we are. We've got one more G1 show. I am both saddened and fucking relieved <laughs> at the same time. And I'm sure you're even more so that because you have to wake up at ungodly motherfucking hours. Um, like these shows are just starting to like, yeah, I won't rub it in. But they know. Yeah. They know. Because <laughs> every time I mention it, you and everyone listening are going, what a fucking asshole. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> 
uh, I guess there's probably just one more tidbit to say, Mr. Andy, and uh, yeah, in, in Gato, we trust. Is that Yoshihashi?